No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. We are on Club Wealth TV today with our guest, Matt Cavanaugh. Uh, for those of you that have seen Club Wealth already in the past, or I should say Club Wealth TV in the past, you know my co-hostess with the mostest, Sheree Benjamin. Uh, Sheree is a baller from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and Sheree is uh, doing, what are, what are you going to do this year? How many transactions are you guys going to close this year, Sheree? As many as you want me to, Michael. Just Oh my gosh. <laughs> but realistically, I mean, what, so you might as well just you let them. Just let, again. just let him. I, I You're going to make it up anyway. So just yeah, Michael up. will just, he'll just throw some numbers out there. So I'm like, okay, sounds good. Let's oh my go. gosh. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. So a lot over, over what? 300, 400. What are you going to close this year? Yeah. It, it, uh, that's a nice little over number. I won't go under. You, okay. So you'll see, you'll be over 400. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I won't go okay, under. Well, that's good. Well, and so bottom line, you're going to close some deals. And then Brian Curtis, you're in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, and you do three, you know, well over 300 of the, what, 400 transactions that community has each year? 410, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. So bottom line is these guys are both ballers. You guys already know these guys. If you don't, then something's wrong. You got to get to know them. These guys are freaking awesome. Uh, and so the, the truth of the matter is they do a ton of transactions. They've built massive teams. And uh, they didn't start there three years ago. Shree, what was, what was it three years ago? You were at, what, 45 transactions was your best year or something like that? That would have been nice. 35. 35. 35. Just, five, just three years ago, she was at like 35 transactions a year. And now she's like almost, what, 400-ish, whatever. So bottom line, <laughs> it's doable. And so we've got with us today our guest, Matt Cavanaugh. Matt's going to be sharing with us some Jedi mind tricks uh, that he uses to close. I think you said you were going to do about 130 transactions this year in uh, – and in uh, California there, right? In Turlock? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So in Turlock, what, where, where is Turlock? That's not... So, yeah. Turlock is halfway between it, Sacramento and Fresno. So it's about an hour and a half south of Sacramento and about an hour and a half north of Fresno. Halfway between Sacramento and Fresno. There's, isn't that just farms? Like, isn't that it's kind of farms. Where? It's rural. Very yeah. rural. Yeah. That's okay. All right. I know about where you're talking about. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, so before we get started, you guys, I want to remind you of our sponsor. Our sponsor is uh, WiseHire. Brian, Sheree, and I use WiseHire on our teams, and a lot of club wealth members use these guys to help with recruiting both agents and administrative staff. If you guys haven't checked them out already, go to clubwealth.com forward slash W-I-Z-E-H-I-R-E. That's clubwealth.com forward slash WiseHire uh, with a Z. And uh, they're awesome, man. It's, it's very affordable. They do a great job. They provide us lots of candidates. Tara says she's getting – uh, on she's running three ads right now and she's getting between five and ten applicants per ad per day right now uh, so they're do, they do a really good job of helping us ramp up our our talent pool all right that being said matt what are we talking about today what are these jedi mind tricks that you're going to be teaching us today yeah so um so basically growing up i was involved in the ministry so like we were always taking these personality assessments in order to better understand the people in our world and so one of those that really had stuck out to me, uh, you know, from a younger age was the Enneagram. Um, and it gives us insane depth of knowledge as to why people make the decisions that they do. I know the main tool right now in real estate uh, is the disc test. And that has some pretty good insights into people. But uh, I believe the Enneagram can go infinitely deeper if you kind of go, go into it um, in terms of actually understanding a lot of the personality habits people have formed over their life. And so... Uh, because I spent so much time on it, now I can usually identify people pretty fast and it just gives me a lot of insight into, you know, what to do with them, what not to do with them on a sales side. And then as we're starting to build our team, you know, what type of people we're wanting to take on and how to treat them in order to get them more successful. So, Okay. So go let's, let's go ahead on and break down this. In yes. Yes. <laughs> say it right. Maybe I should say it right first. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a hard give one to say. To us, yeah, give it to us one more time and then just break down what it actually is. Because a lot, you're right. A lot of us know and we understand the disc, um, a disc. Um, but break this down for us so that we have a little bit of a baseline for it. Okay, so the Enneagram is, it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And so what it is, it's a, basically a nine personality type study. And it's based on the concept that your greatest strength is oftentimes kind of propelled closely by one of your greatest weaknesses. It's, it's essentially where you place your focus and your motivation in life. And so some people are more focused on being, say, perfectionist. Other people are focused on more just achievement in general, et cetera. And so there are certain strengths and natural weaknesses that come along, you know, with that personality. And just understanding that really helps understand the main drives that people have. Okay, so hold on. I got to back you up for just a second. First of all, everybody watching right now, would you do me a favor? If you're using the DISC profile in your business right now, could you just type D-I-S-C uh, in the chat there, in the, in the Facebook uh, chat? I want to get a feel for how many people that, were, that are watching right now are actually even using the DISC profile. And then, and yeah, I am too, right? And what's, what's crazy to me is DISC profile, you got really four kind of key, and, and I guess it's more than four personality types, right? Because you've got the mix of all the different ones, but, but the reality is you've got four kind of key things you got to keep in mind. Is this Enneagram, you're talking about nine. Uh, man, I'm, I'm telling you, most people struggle with four. So is this going to get uber complicated? How easy is this to use? And is it really a big difference between that and the DISC? Or, and is it an either or thing, or do you use both? I use both. So DISC is good in the sense that it really is a fast way of understanding temperament, right? Is somebody a driver? Is somebody more people-oriented or are they more analytical, right? And so whereas like the Enneagram, like as an example, like let's say I'm on a sales or listing presentation, right? If I know that somebody is a five, I know that their main mode of operation is based on a desire of mastery and information. So for example, I know that the, the way that they'll feel pressure on a sales call is completely different than another number, right? So for example, I know that I can literally not even attempt to close or be a very light closing with a five, and they'll literally then want to sign with me or immediately call me after the appointment to want to sign, assuming I did a good job presenting the information, whereas other numbers are extremely like desirous of me pressuring them into making a decision. So like, you know, a lot of times I hear people like, you know, on our team or just in other places are like, hey, you know, where uh, should I put a lot of pressure on somebody when I'm closing or should I not? Um, and, you know, I, th I think it depends on who that person is and, you know, how much acceptable pressure they have in the sales process and, you know, other other factors. So, okay, so, so real quick, are you asking your clients to fill this out? No, no. So this is something that I'm just intuitively reading on them as, as I go. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So how quickly can you assess that? I mean, okay, so is this on a phone call? Can you assess it on a phone call without asking them a bunch of crazy questions? Or, you know, how do you, how do you dial that in quickly so that you can properly close this person? Yeah, it's a little bit tougher on a phone call. So the, the first thing I do on a phone call is I kind of break the nine into three to start, right? And so I think people like learning this, it might be better to start with three than the full nine, right? So okay. basically you have typically people that are more extroverted or aggressive, right? Then you have people that are analytical and then you have people that are what we call compliant, right? Or, uh, you know, they're more people oriented, right? So it's kind of in that way, similar to the disc, but then within each of those, there's three subtypes of those, right? So on the phone, I'm not necessarily trying to figure out, are they a four or are they a nine, right? I'm just trying to figure out where is their main focus, right? Is it on people? Is it on data or is it on, you know, is it more extroverted in that way on accomplishing something? So then when I get there, then oftentimes I can tell from there pretty quickly which one of those it is and then, and then go from there. Okay, so let's talk about that. So I think for most of us, I think it's pretty easy to tell. Is somebody a driver? Are they, you know, a little bit more introverted? Are they more of a people pleaser or are they more of an analytic? And so that said, once you know that, how do you close differently on those three? Or yeah. and, and let me back up. Do you have a quick test that you use to determine which of which the, those which people fall into? I'll typically ask certain questions. So, like, let's talk about the extroverted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, for example, like most real estate agents are going to be extroverted. Not all of them, but the majority, right? So, the extroverted types on the enneagrams are going to be your threes, your sevens, and your eights. So, for example, threes on the enneagram they're motivated by achievement and being the star. Right. So being the best at something, being 
seen out there. They want to be exposed to the world in a positive light. Whereas like eights are far more about conquering and accomplishing and they're far more willing to be behind the scenes. They're more of your empire builders, right? And they don't really need the glory as much as say like example, a three would, right? So eights, which is what I am, are really their, their true seekers on a deep level, right? They don't care if the truth is negative. They just want the truth, right? So when I know I'm on a listening presentation with an eight, I know that I can be very blunt, very direct, because most of our business comes from expires and physicals. So we have to tell them some pretty hard truths. And so when I, when I get a sense of, okay, I'm dealing with an eight, I'm just going to be really blunt. And, and the more that I challenge them, the more that they actually feel my strength and want to do business with me, right? Whereas with the three, I have to tend to show a little bit more caution and make sure I'm giving more praise to that person because the more praise they feel, the more they puff up and the more they want to do business. Okay, so this is what I got to know. I mean, I'm just dying to know this because, I mean, I, I, love, I, I love where you're going with all this. What, what I would love to see is, okay, if I've got a chart that says, okay, here's the, the you said there's nine of them, right? Yep. Here's the, here's the nine Enneagram. Is, is, am I saying that right? Enneagram? Yes. Okay. So here's the nine Enneagram personality types. And with each one, this is how you close that. And I know we've got a download for you coming up later, but is that what the download is or is it something different? Um, it might have some of elements of that. If not, I can send you uh, a larger download that has that. Man, I would love that. We will totally, I would add that to the download and I'll, I'll take a look at that. I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in this. So if I'm on the phone with somebody, can you just give us the, the quickest version of, hey, this is how you're going to identify which of these nine things this person is? Yeah. So a lot of it is based on like where they place their focus. Right. So like, for example, sixes are super nervous people, right? They filter their world through fear. So a lot of times you'll have those people on your team where it's always worst case scenario. So a lot of the times it's what you're experiencing that is telling me. Right. So I'll ask a lot of times the same questions like where, where do you want to go? How soon do you want to be there? What's the thing that you don't want to happen? What do you absolutely want to happen? Right. So the questions aren't super different from what, how you would normally qualify a prospect. It's just how they're answering them that tells you so much about who they are, right? And the thing that I love about learning this is this is not just to close more real estate sales. Like I find probably more value in how I run and lead my team than, it, it, I mean, it really helps with closing too, but like understanding team motivation is really helpful. Like for example, like a lot of times when you're hiring team members, you want team players that are going to also have a chance at succeeding, right? But there's a lot of variety in there. Some people that are more motivated by peace, others are more motivated by helping. So I would say it's not necessarily exactly in the questions that you ask, although there, there can be some questions you do want to ask, but it's more in like the listening aspect of how are they communicating to you? Okay, that's really interesting. So the, the downside to that is it sounds more complicated than just I can just ask a question and all of a sudden I'm going to know this person's a six, seven, eight, nine, or 10. So tell me how we can, what can we take away right now? Give us a nugget. Give us something that we can implement right now in our businesses that we can use to use this for success. Okay. First thing, I think there's two universal principles because what I did is once I like started going deep on the system, I interviewed like 10 people on that were each number some in real estate, some not, and like ask the same series of questions to them to, to figure out how they answer them. So what I found was the two principles that will work for anybody in sales at any time is confidence and authenticity. So regardless of the number, if you present confidently and you present yourself authentically, then you're going to win with those people, regardless of their Enneagram type. Other than that, like there might be other things that are universal, but those are the two that I found to be true. Uh, and then, uh, you know, beyond that, I think just, you know, take the test and start studying. Like the reason I'm so passionate about this topic is, so I was in a hotel room, I was going to uh, a real estate event and my marketing guy gave me the test. I took it and the, the result like was my biography. I had never read something more true about myself in my life. So then I gave it to my brother and he came out with his result and same thing for him. So, I mean, it hasn't been like a hundred percent of people feel that way, but probably 80 or 90 so for me, it's just something that I've, I've just allowed to like come into my life and it's totally like shifted how I think even about myself. So for me, it's just been a great thing in terms of trying to help myself be more productive, understanding what my natural weaknesses are. And Interesting. All right, Brian Shree, help me out here. I'm, I'm trying, I want to get this. I want to pull this out of Matt. I really want to understand. I want to give our viewers something they can take from this and implement right now. So 
hearing Matt say, and I think this is I think this is an important part. First one, step one, if I was going to use this in my business, and who knows, maybe I will, is I need to go take a test for myself. I need to get an idea of where I fall on this. Am I a one, two, two, or five, six, seven, eight, nine? Then I need to probably spend some time understanding what that means. Okay, I'm a three or whatever, and understand what that means. And then I, I need to have some, in my opinion, some sort of simplistic way of breaking it down. I can't, you know, just having a conversation go, oh, that points, that guy's a 3.825, and I don't know if it's nice or not. But right. there, I would probably, and here's what Michael was trying to get you to do, and if you don't do it, that's fine. He was trying to say, okay, do you like, are you a numbers guy? Okay, you're a high C. Oh, do you, do you like to be in charge of everything in your life? Okay, you're a high D, and, and I'm oversimplifying it. But I think that was what Mike, what Michael's trying to say is, how do we, as agents, during a conversation, Determine someone's a six, a seven, an eight, or a nine. And are there specific questions that we can almost simplistically say, oh, if they answer it this way, then they're clearly this. And my guess is it's probably never going to be that simple. And honestly, if it is that simple, it's probably not that good. That that's kind of what we're trying to figure out. Because I'll be honest, I don't know this system and I don't know how to use it. I love the concept. Here's the thing I love the most about it. To answer the question of what number somebody is, you have to pay attention. And so for example, we teach VAC, and I don't know if you guys know VAC, but visual, auditory, kinesthetic. That's basically three ways people learn. And one of the things I had agents do for a long time is, hey, when you go into a, a presentation, listed presentation, buyer terms, whatever it is, when you walk out of there, I want to know where they are. They're visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Let's just assume for the sake of this conversation, they got it wrong. I don't really care because at least they were paying attention. And I'm guessing that there's a lot of that going on with you because I don't know how many people you have on your team, Matt, but I'm going out on a limb and say some of them are really good at it. And then there's some other people. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think for starter point, I would make sure that when people ask, especially when they ask the question, what's most important to you about how the process goes when they're asking that question, oftentimes a person's going to answer, you know, in terms of they want more stats or more detail, right? If you, if you were to break those categories up, the one, five, and six will fall in, in those lines. So if someone answers, they're, if they're more detail-oriented, as we would think of like a D or a C on the disc, they're going to be a one, five, or six. If they answer more results-oriented, they're going to oftentimes be a three, seven, or eight. And if they re- answer more people-oriented or you know, along those lines, they're going to be a two, four, or a nine, right? So that's, that's going to be an immediate question that you can ask that you can, you can drop it down to three. And then within those you could ask one or two more questions once you maybe know the description of each number to, to boil it down to that specific number. The real value is going to come when you understand the base description for each number. Then you're going to understand a lot of where the power is at in terms of how to influence that person. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I don't want to just talk generally about it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what are all nine categories, and I'm typing these in as you talk. So, Give us each one, one at a time, and tell us what we need to know about each one so that we can better understand this. Because I, I, I really want this to be deep, and I want, I want people to understand this when they're done with this call. Perfect. Okay, so one is the perfectionist. They also call the reformer. So the one's main drive in life is to things that, see that things are in order and that they're right. They don't have to make everything in the world right, but they're typically there's a certain area of focus that they're really you know, involved in. So oftentimes when you see a one, you walk into their house, their house is going to be perfect. It's going to be perfectly organized. Now, especially if it's female, uh, sometimes more often than it's male, right? So when you're talking to a one in terms of like how to sell to them, they're wanting to make sure that you do the process right. So like when I'm selling to them, that's the words that I use. Like you want to make sure that we do this accurately, correctly, precisely. It's more important to them that you do it that way than any other way, because that's where their main focus is. So the twos are the helpers. So they get their value in life by helping people. And, and, and on, two is the performers. Is that what you said? Two is the, the helper. I'm sorry, the helper. Okay. Yep. So, so they, the, the, basically if there was a virtue for them, it would be love, right? So they're oftentimes the most kind, soft, gentle, loving people because they gain their value from helping others. And so in that number, like being salesy is like, it's, it's a problem, right? They don't want you to be salesy. They want you to be completely relational. Everything's about like, they're going to be the, one of the most enjoyable people to present to at the, at the listing table because they just want to make sure that you're going to be comfortable and your needs are met, right? And so if they view you as authentic, the game's already over, you've won. They actually don't even care if you show them any stats at all, usually. I mean, as long as they halfway think you're competent, you're in good shape with a two. So the threes, it just you can slow me down or speed me up. Just let me no, know. No, this which. is great. I'm typing this in as you go. 
Okay, so the threes are the achievers. So they're the ones that need their horn tooted the most. They're typically gonna brag about themselves more than any other number, especially if they're less healthy as a person. And so they're usually very socially gifted and they usually know how to work people over pretty good. Um, and so, um, yeah, they're, they're probably some of the most malleable people in terms of personality, but you're gonna win with them in terms of just recognizing their strengths and making them into the hero. Um, the fours are, are very emotional types, they're very creative types. So like, I don't know if you've ever been in the listing presentations where it seems like logic might be secondary to other things. Oftentimes you could be dealing with a four in that aspect where they value creativity and emotion far more as real than maybe a more like logical process. And that's obviously overstated, right? Obviously fours can be very logical, but, but oftentimes a four kind of their main mode is to be creative and to take the flood of emotions that they feel in life and to make each one of those as real as possible. So oftentimes your actresses, uh, your, your Hollywood celebrities, a lot of them would fall in the four category. Um, and so with them, you know, I'll slip out of it. You know, I think one of the dangers with them is presenting stats, right? It's, it's far more about uh, the experience, the emotions of the process. So when I'm selling to a four, I'm going to be far more keen on expressing the emotion of why they're moving and why they're not moving and using that as a motivator as opposed to more factual based stuff. Okay. So love it. Five. Yeah, fives are almost a complete opposite. Fives are completely in their mind. So uh, they're called the investigators and everything is about facts, right? They're usually cold, distant, separated. They hate pressure. Uh, so fives, like I'll use specific words when I'm selling to a five. Like I'll use like data-driven decisions, which they absolutely like, as, as much as a five could light up, they will light up when I say that, right? So fives are the type that are infinitely more going to ask you to send the information to them ahead of time uh, before you actually meet with them. Because the idea of actually meeting with a person, a salesperson is like terrifying. They, like, they don't want to meet with a salesperson. They'll typically do an absurd amount of research on you before you ever even meet with them. Um, and so very, very data-driven, like some of the most data-driven. I have a theory that more FISBOs than not are fives. I mean, there are FISBOs that become a FISBO because they know a ton of agents and they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. It's a little bit different. But the stereotypical FISBO that you're talking about, super data-driven, super like, I'm not talking to you, like very, very much exhibit a lot of five behavior. So sixes are your like fear-based number if like the, the highest fear-based number that there is on the Enneagram. And so like they're wanting worst case scenario. So typically like they're going to be asking you a million questions on the listing presentation until they feel really comfortable. They're one of those types that are detail oriented, uh, almost anally detail oriented until they feel that their fears have been resolved and then they become incredibly social. So it's, it's kind of an interesting dynamic when you deal with the six because it's, it's like they're not social until they are and then they're very social. So the biggest thing you can do with the six is deal with their fears first. Like the whole, like, we'll address that later is really, really problematic for a six. Um, but if you address their fear first, then it becomes very easy to sell to them. Mm -hmm. uh, so sevens are the, usually the most fun, energetic, scattered people on the Enneagram. Uh, oftentimes they end up in sales because they could fit nowhere else. Um, they're the type that are extremely unlikely to follow up with anybody and they'd rather call a cold stranger. Um, and they, I mean, everybody's their friend, but don't ask them to actually like, I mean, they're going to flake on you more than any other number by a fair mile. So um, they're the types of friends you want to have when you're a kid, but you get burned by them often, right? Because they leave you for a more fun party. So they're called, they're the social ones, right? Yeah, enthusiasts, we'll call them, yeah. The enthusiasts, all right. And how do we sell to the enthusiasts? Okay, so enthusiasts are really fun to sell to. So like, it's all about being fun. Right. So you get there, you're like life of the party, like bring a beer with you when you go to like, just have a good time. Talk about the homecoming, you know, the welcoming party you're going to throw for them after they buy the house or after they sell the house. And then you're, you're used, usually to close a seven, you're going to use FOMO. Sevens hate missing out. And so the, the fear of missing out is a pretty big deal. Right. So, so you connect with them on a personal level. They want to know that the process is going to be fun with you. Obviously, they want to know that you're going to get good results, but it's more about the fun aspect usually and then the fear of missing out on the, on the, the next deal or where the market's because uh, they're, they're a fear-based number. You just would never know it. So, um, and I can go into triads later if you want um, and how those work. But yeah, basically, they're a fear-based number. You would never know it. So present with fun and then use FOMO to close. Okay, awesome. So uh, eights are uh, the challenger. So eights are going to be usually blunt and direct and sometimes intense high energy people. 
Eights oftentimes are CEOs or heads of organizations. Threes are too, but they're, they look a bit different. So um, with an eight, you absolutely want to be direct and confident. Like eights are kind of like the type of people that they like to test what people are made of. And so like they'll say stuff just to stir up people, just to see like how people, like we, we kind of lust for intensity. Um, and so uh, when you're with an eight, just know that them like coming at you is not necessarily a bad thing. It's more just like, you know, show me what you're made of. So okay. you want to be as blunt and direct with them as possible. Like I presented to an eight on Sunday uh, and there was a listing presentation. It was one point, uh, she wanted 1.8 million. Property is going to sell for probably about 1.2 million. Right. Um, I knew for sure she was a three or an eight because of how uh, successful she's been in life and how uh, extroverted she is. Right. So I kind of did a couple small questions to figure out was her main motivation like her own success or was it a little bit more based on like concrete things? I determined in my mind that she was an eight. Obviously, sometimes we're wrong. Um, and so literally, I'm like, you know, I got to tell you two straight. Your property with me is not selling more than 1.2 million. This is why. Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, finally, someone who's telling me the truth. Right. I've interviewed with five agents. Nobody would tell me this. So we're going to go sign the listing tomorrow, uh, take all the photos. So like with an eight, the news can be really ugly, but they'll respect you for it. Yep. Love that. Okay, good. And what's a nine? So nine's a peacemaker. So nine peace at all costs is really a peacemaker. Peacemaker? Yep. So they're conflict avoidant, like both in a good way and a bad way, right? They just are going to avoid conflict at all costs. So uh, they're trying to create peace both externally in their world and internally with themselves. So oftentimes, I mean, nines are some of the nicest people to be around as well. They're not necessarily as driven to help people as twos are, but it's, it's all about having a peaceful world. So for nines, the process has to be easy. If it's not extremely easy, then it's not something that they want to engage in, right? So oftentimes when I identify nine, and they're usually easy to identify because they're some of the like, you know, most easygoing people in the world, you want to make the process that they're currently in seem more complex and challenging than where they're wanting to go, right? When it's easier to do the next step than to stay where they're at, then they'll oftentimes make the transition. But if there's any level of complexity to the process, it's not necessarily a desirable thing for them. So is there a way for someone to be a nine and a, I don't know, another one, a three? I'm just- I'm Okay, saying. okay. So I, I'm yeah. gonna go as deep as you guys want me to go yeah. on. Yeah, right? keep going. We wanna go deep. Keep going, deep. Okay. keep going. Yeah, okay. So essentially the reason, this is another reason I freaking love the Enneagram, right? Is that one, the Enneagram accounts for how you grow as a human being, right? So for example, when you are in health and you are trying to be a better version of yourself, you are going to take on the positive attributes of other numbers in a very specific sequence. And when you are stressed, you're going to take on negative characteristics. And those negative characteristics you can take on are of other numbers in a very specific sequence, depending on the number that you are. So for, as an example, nines, they grow towards three, and they, they stress towards six. So in other words, when a nine is in health and they're trying to become the best version of themselves, they'll actually take on the best attributes of the three, which is the achiever, right? And when they're in stress, they'll take on the worst characteristics of the six, which is the fear-based number, right? So, so in essence, as you grow as a person, you're going to take on positive traits when you stress out or you, or you go downwards in your development as a person, you're going to take on negative characteristics. And so the Enneagram accounts for the characteristics that you pick up and that you, uh, you know, uh, in both directions as you grow and as you uh, evolve. I can see so what talk to us about, okay. Yeah, talk to us about an eight, because I think that in listings, we do come across, when I, when I hear you talk about an eight, it sounds more like a driver type mm -hmm. of a personality. So talk to me about an eight so that I can better understand whether it's a stress scenario or whether or not it's not. So to talk, same thing that you just did with a nine, do it with an eight. Okay. So eights grow towards two. So the, I think one of the reasons that, I mean, every number when they're really healthy is beautiful, right? It looks a little different, but it's beautiful, right? So there's no bad number and there's no good numbers per se. It's, there's healthy people and unhealthy people, right? But eights, as an example, when they grow and when they take on healthy aspects, they grow to become a helper, right? So the eights, hard level of intensity and energy and passion and vision, which eights usually have an abundance of vision, right? They take on the, the wonderful qualities of the two. So when you see somebody that has got an immense amount of drive and intensity become one of the most generous helpers ever, it's oftentimes an eight that's extremely healthy. 
right? Got it. So that's, that's what we see. Like when I'm listening to you, that's almost like you're describing myself, you know, mm, awesome. and, and that, that drive fashion, but I mean, I think I'm healthy. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you are. There's Leonard. I'm going to ask Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> My husband will tell you that I'm healthy. He likes it. So, but in the, in the, um, in the sense of, you know, if you would have caught me, let's say when Michael talks about re rewind the clock back three years ago, you know, I would not have been an eight that also takes on a two. Um, now in this current thriving state that I'm, that I am in, I am an eight that takes on a two. So it, it does, it, it gives me more to go and help people mm -hmm. um, and do all that. But I'm, I'm so much a driver. I know mm -hmm. that I am. Uh, <laughs> so I get you it. Team leaders are, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, once they get to, yeah, a lot of team leaders are drivers, but I think that it, it takes, um, once you hit a certain phase or a milestone in your business is, is where I can see that you do shift to taking on the twos that, as you're describing it. This is good. This is good. It's good. Yeah. It's great. So let me, let me contrast some of the extroverted types that are oftentimes more likely to be team leaders than other numbers, right? So the three oftentimes is very likely to be a team leader, right? So a three, when they grow, they take on the positive attributes of the six. So the positive attributes of a six is that they're unbelievable planners, right? So a three that's leading a team oftentimes leads a different looking team than an eight that leads a team, right? Threes are more risk averse. They're not completely averse to risk, but they're, they're typically like, they like to be more profitable for longer. They're more willing to stay in specific lanes. Eights oftentimes like to be broader, take on more ventures, et cetera. So if you become really, if in your health, you become more far more of a planner, you're probably a three. If in your health, you become far more of a helper and extremely generous, you're probably an eight, right? The downside of the eight is the five. So when fives are in stress, which happens a lot with team leaders because you overextend yourself and, you know, it's just a lot of stuff you deal with as a team leader, you can go to five pretty quickly. So for me, when I'm in major stress, I become distant, cold, and calculated, right? So like, like if my wife and I have a disagreement and it impacts me, I just become cold to her for a few hours a day, a week, right? And I'm married to a two. So that coldness is not well received, um, but it's how I process. And like, I went through this pattern long before I identified myself in the Enneagram realizing, okay, th there's actually a pattern to how I, I grow in stress. So I'm able to get rid of it quicker and I'm able to help her understand. So it's just, it's been really good for not only my team, but for, you know, marriage and kids and et cetera. So. Man, that makes, I think I was just on the couch. I know, right? I was laying on the couch today. Because yeah. it makes total sense, you know, and mine is probably a little bit different as to where I will pull away. If uh -huh. I get stressed, I do. I back down. I tell Michael and Brian, I'm going dark. That's my, yep. that's yep. my term. That, that, that's that's my hint to leave her the freak alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, it, that's how I know. It's like, don't be bugging Cherie this week. Leave her alone. <laughs> yes. Michael sends me flowers when I go dark. I, I show up with a big flag the next week, you know, I'm like, it's just me. Smart man. Yeah. yeah, but then it, it does, you know, and then I'll shift it, but I need time to kind of process it. And I can tell when I'm, if I'm feeling stressed and I don't like um, shifting out of what you would consider the five, you know, I don't yeah. like shifting out of that. So I don't like feeling the stress. So I will pull back so that I can wrap my head around it. And I'm not stressing other people out that are around me until I yeah. jump yeah. back that lane. Well, and it's interesting too, like I, I've been so thankful for this because I communicate this to my team because before we would go through a stressful period for me in my personal life or in business, and I would just be gone from the office for two days, right? And that's not good for culture, right? When you got W2 employees and team leaders, they're like, where, where is Matt and what is he thinking and why is he gone for a day or two, right? And for me, that was such a better solution than staying in the moment and being what happens with an eight when they're caged in their stress. Right. But the second I was able to communicate that to my team, this is how my body experiences problems and stress. It, you know, it, it, they totally understand now. Right. So, yeah. I think it's even great in teaching the team, you know, so mm -hmm. like for me, um, yes, it helps with sales, but it also helps in us learning how to communicate with each other. So I've done the same thing, not in this form, but you know, I, when I talk to my team and I'll tell them, this is how I am. So if you come to me with the whole back-ended story, I don't want to hear it. Agreed. Tell me what I need to fix. And that's Agreed. it. 
you know, and then if I need more details, you can give it to me. Um, but I think that it, it, this sounds as if this is something that works really well for them to understand how to communicate with each other, how to communicate with their spouses. And then they also can learn that communication when it comes down to their clients. Um, because it's, you know, it, we have so many different terms that we call this. Um, and all of these kind of relate a little bit to me. So when I think of a disc profile, when I think of, you know, using a, a NLP type of thing, when I think of mirroring and imaging, and now this, when I think of that, all of these type of different techniques do kind of merge together if you were to learn them all, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of us do end up learning them all. Uh, Michael, I think you got something. I keep seeing you go. Well, I, I just, I'm, well, here's the thing. There's, I, I've got some thoughts on this, but really what's hitting me hard is, first of all, I just wish everybody had a freaking sign around their neck that said, here's how you need to communicate with me. Make my life, like, why do I got to learn all this stuff? It's just so hard, right? And, and yet, I, you know, I see the value in it. What I'm wondering is, like, have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever said, okay, everybody in the team on your office door or your cubicle or whatever you got, we're going to have your disc profile, we're gonna have your your Enneagram score, you know, or whatever number put up there so that people know, and maybe even a couple of little notes, see, here's how to communicate with me. You know, don't come to me with a great big sob story or, you know, if, if I'm a, you know, whatever number, you know, don't come to me with, uh, you know, the, the hard facts. I, you need to warm me up a little bit first, right? Be my friend, have a good time with me. Then we can talk about what needs to be done, right? But, you know, you see, it's, it's like you get somebody like me, like Sheree and I are both, we're just kind of very... Give me the facts, man. Come on. Like, I don't have time for this. Don't, don't, don't give me the whole thing. Like, I got three seconds and you're using, you've used two of them. So what do you got? I'm not as bad as Helixon. It can be bad. And so, you know, that said, tell me in real world application, the easiest way that we can start learning this and getting used to it and, and utilizing it in our business. Well, I think the first thing is, is expectations, right? Most of the time we encounter problems in life when our expectations are wrong. So like, I wouldn't place a burden on your team to know this in 10 seconds, right? This is just an ongoing conversation. When we're talking about clients, the topic is always, what was their number, right? Basically, what I'm trying to ask them is, how much did you learn about the people you tried to sell to, right? In our team meetings, we're talking about our sales and whatnot that we do on Tuesdays. It's like, we're just, it's, it's a topic that is not like all the time, but it's, it's like a little bit of almost every conversation when we talk about selling someone or we talk about our team. So I think like if, if you look at this maybe as more like a year journey than a one week journey, I think it's a much better frame, right? And, and something that you said, Sheree, which I think was awesome was like you look at NLP and all these other things and they're all helpful. I agree, right? It's really, this is just another lens into humans, right? It's just, I'm trying to get the best tools into how can I, like you said, Mike, quickly understand people, but then also how can I deeply understand people? Um, no, and I like what you, you know, some people might, that's listening, might think it's a little bit cheesy, but I actually like the fact of taking it and sticking it somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. if, if that team member has the same seat each time to where it says it, or even our admins, you know, it's <laughs> as to what that, that number is, because I think that what always helps with us is that repetitive that we're seeing it. So even if I walked past and I saw it sitting on someone's desk or at the, you know, where their cube is, it's going to constantly make me think this person is this, this, and this, you know, and it helps me. It's going to help me once I go out. I think one of the hardest things with, with sales is learning how to communicate with your client and speaking your client's language. So this is another avenue. And what I do like is it reminds me a little bit of the, the natural and the adaptive states and, and how different people, um, work and what's the best way to communicate this is like another layer to that and and i do like that i like that it's breaking it down even further um but agents have such a fear that of going through the door i've never met you i shake your hand i mean i'm going to walk around the house and what am i going to do and how do i learn how to speak that client's language because for me and you're right it took um it took me a few years to really dive deep into a disc profile that now when I meet someone, like I can almost tell just by what you're wearing, mm -hmm. what you are. Uh, and just a few seconds of you talking, I can flip it into speaking your language just because it's, I've been working on this over the course of the year. So now it's not a magic pill type of thing. None of them are, um, yeah. but it takes some time. I know Brian is extremely good when it comes down to NLPs. I'm not, Brian is. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. But, 
but he's learned it. You know, it, it takes a long time and this takes years in order for you to perfect, but you got to start. You know, yep. that's that's the, the biggest thing is that you got to start somewhere. So for team leaders that are that are on here or even those who are mm -hmm. you just have an admin that's there. You know, for me, I almost want to go walk and put a, a nine in the middle of Leonard's forehead. So when I see him, I'm like, here comes my nine. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's my husband. Sorry. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> OK. OK. So female female eights oftentimes marry male nines. Ah, see, oftentimes, like actually like far more often than not. <laughs> so your husband's a peacemaker. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big time. So, yeah. OK, cool. That's awesome. And there's lots of, there, that's cultural too. You know, there's certain cultures that I think you'll see more predominant, uh, you know, and, and when I say cultures, I'm not talking about like other countries, although that too, I'm just talking about even in the United States, I would guess that there are regions within the United States where you've got predominantly, you know, certain personality types. Here's the, here's the thing that I'm coming away with this with though, and Brian really touched on it earlier. Uh, and Shree, you've kind of been talking about it a little bit too. It's not a magic pill. It's not, okay, hey, we're going to teach you this. You're going to learn it. And all of a sudden you're going to implement it. It really comes down to, first of all, an overall awareness. And it's really about, am I taking the time to understand who I'm selling to? Or am I just, bull, you know, a bull in a china shop and I'm just bowling over everybody, hoping that I get something out of it. Uh, and by the way, Mariah uh, says, thank you for always bringing us valuable uh, training here. And by the way, yes, uh, Mariah, Appreciate you being here, and seriously, it's because of you guys that we're able to. But that being said, I think first of all, we and our teams need to get an overall awareness. And what I like that you're doing, Matt, it sounds like you're doing a daily huddle. Is that right or not? We're uh, we're doing uh, weekly team meetings, but I mean, okay. some small form of a daily huddle. Yeah. I would tell you this: if I were doing a daily huddle, which I recommend for everybody, uh, on my daily huddle, it would be a great tool on your daily huddle. So just consistently ask people, what, what were they? Were they a one, a five, an eight, a nine, or whatever? Um, you know, I think the disk profile is also a great tool um, and can be used in, this, in a similar way. Uh, but this does sound like it kind of gets a little bit more specific um, and gives you the tool on, okay, specifically, this is how you handle them. I like that. Brian, we may need to work this into our NLP and uh, body language course. That, that may need to, we may need to find a way to get the Enneagram and the disc kind of blended in there. Maybe do a couple of chapters on those and just break it down, make it really simple. Okay, here's how you identify the types. Here's how you sell to each type. Uh, uh, and let me take a step back, because I think it's real important. So I can tell you right now, I'm either an eight or a three. I learned that from the last 49 minutes of listening to this conversation. Yeah. All that being said though, Here's the thing that I don't know that we've mentioned. Matt's an expert at this. If you're a team leader who's listening to this call, do not go and train this on your team on this. <laughs> you don't know how. You no, have no yet. idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and, here's the, and I'll be honest, it's interesting. So I'm a numbers guy for people who know me. I'll tell you one of the things that I dislike about this, and I think that maybe there seems to be names as it goes along. One of the things I think people need to be careful of, I can tell you right now, if you tell my wife, who hates numbers, like an exaggeration, she couldn't remember the street address that, like, she could remember that we lived at 5805. There's too many numbers. She's got, she's brilliant when it comes to a lot of other things. So associating a person with a number is just going to make her head go. Poof. So it's one of those things to understand that there's different ways that maybe for that type of person, it's maybe you call a threesome and because you had names in there thing that I've noticed, and, and by the way, I appreciate your, you have a level of mastery on this that I'm going to guess if I studied it, it would take me at least six months to a year to, to get to your level of mastery. But you're talking about in this situation, an eight becomes a three, and this situation, a four becomes a five. And I'll be honest, I haven't tracked it all. If you're going to teach this, you need to become at least on some level a master. If you're an, an agent out there who's single going, you know, I love what Matt's going and I love that he, that he identifies with it. You need to go out and study this yourself. And by the way, I'm going to guess, and I'm not taking a course on this, but probably the first time to practice this is not on a listing appointment. This is stuff you need to practice with your friends and your family. And, you know, don't, don't put yourself in a weird situation. But my point is that an amazing process, it sounds like, but it's not something that you're just going to learn in 15 minutes. And honestly, great processes you never learn in 15 minutes. So great content. Um, I just want everyone to understand that you're probably not going to become an Enneagram expert here in the next, we've got eight, eight nine minutes left. Yeah, so. yeah I, I think if you can't break down the disc and you don't necessarily understand that, and that's pretty easy to me, at least it is, then this is 
another a whole another level outside of that. But go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I completely agree. This is more complex than the disc, and that's why I love it, right? Because it gives more insights, right? And to your point, Brian, I think you made some phenomenal points there. I think the best place to start with this is on yourself. Like, I think if if you look at your figure out what your number is and go crazy deep on what that means, then you're going to realize how you show up to the world and what sort of positives and negatives that you bring to people. It's, it's really, it's, it's pretty crazy how much good we can bring to people and how much like, you know, of ourselves that people don't want we can bring. I mean, especially for us that are threes and eights, um, you know, eights even in particular, you know, we could be really intense people oftentimes naturally less aware of other people's feelings. You know, we can cause some real, real trouble. And I think the more we become aware of that, the better we can be to people. So here's the thing. I, I like this topic. I think it's something I'd like to learn more about. Obviously, I'm brand new to this. No, I, you know, I mean, this, this is my first exposure to the Enneagram. I couldn't even pronounce it at the beginning of the right. call. Now right. I feel like at least I've learned that. Woohoo! All right, there's <laughs> step one. So that being said, I can see a lot of places that this could be beneficial in our businesses. Uh, essentially, what I'm really thinking is, that you could learn to really build a listing presentation that's, that kind of answers, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm partial to the listing side because that's what I loved was the listing side. Um, but I'm thinking about, you know, you could really dial in a listing presentation that would answer kind of, or, or sell to most of these types at some point in the presentation. And then if you get to a point toward the end of the conversation where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this, is, this person's such and such, I need to kind of shift. Uh, maybe we could make that a little bit easier for somebody. That's not going to happen again on this call. But what I would like to do is know, and, and other than, and there's a download, right? So if you guys go to clubwealth.com forward slash Matt Cavanaugh, uh, clubwealth.com forward slash Matt Cavanaugh, we've pinned the comment in the Facebook group here, or in the Facebook here uh, on the uh, Michael Hilkson's Clubwealth Real Estate Coaching and Consulting page. Uh, that being said, I can get that download, but where else can I also go? What other resources are there out there if I really want to go deep on the any? Enneagram. Yeah. So there, at first, what I would do is tell people to go take the test. Where do I do that? You can Google Enneagram test free online and there are some free, free tests that will come up. I think in the download, I think there's a link to it as well. Okay. Perfect. What I've realized is taking the test requires you to have a certain level of self-awareness. So for a lot of people, they come out with the right result, but some people who are less self-aware may not. Right. So my recommendation for a lot of people is to read one of two books, either read the book, the road back to you, uh, starting in the third chapter or read the book personality types by Don Rizzo and what that will do the, the personality types is a, is a deeper book it's um, it's a little bit more dry but it's, it's not completely dry but it's, it's far more in depth the road back to you is a little bit of a lighter read and it'll give you 20 points at the beginning of each number and if you identify with like 15 or 16 or more of those it's likely that you're that number um, and so that's probably a better way to to read through the numbers and discover um, you know, and then once you found your number, then you can go deep on it. So I, I would say starting by reading those audiobooks uh, is probably the best way. It was the road back to you. And what was the second one? Uh, personality types by Don Rizzo. And I, and I think those are included. If not, I'll send them out to you to, so that they can be included. Perfect. All right. Good stuff. All right. We're running out of time. We've got to get to our coach's call here. So in the last couple of minutes here, I'd like to get final takeaways. Let's start with uh, Brian and Sheree and then Matt, and then uh, I'll wrap us up. So let's go to Brian first, then Sheree. So my takeaway is, is I'm going to reiterate something that Matt said, find out about yourself. Because if nobody, if you never understand this about anybody else, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, step one is me. Because a lot of this is to understand, you know, if I'm an eight, how am I coming across to people? In what ways can I understand? I'm going to go out on a limb. I don't know the math at all, but I'm going to guess your eights and threes are maybe 20% of the population. And if you're in that 20% of that population, do you really understand how you're coming across to other people? Sometimes we don't understand. Sometimes we're like, I don't get it. I told them what to do and how to do it and where to do it and when to do it. And they didn't do it. Well, of course not, because you didn't communicate with them in a way that resonated with them. And that's what this is all about. It's, it's, a, it's a different model to figure out the best way for you to communicate with others. And uh, we can never stop learning that. So again, thanks for being on today, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, and I like what you said. You know, for me, there's this, there's this whole journey that I've been on lately where I've already been through it, but it's I'm really deep when it comes down to people understanding themselves. So I really like what you just said, Brian, because I think that once you know yourself, uh, then you also can then learn how you communicate with other people. And just like Brian said, how the world sees you and what the world, how the world is viewing you. But it, it takes some very, it takes a lot of self-awareness in order for you to do that. 
Um, one of the points that you did say I want to reiterate is that this is something that you have to learn. This isn't something that is new that you're going to get in this hour-long um, episode that we're doing here. You're going to be able to go out and teach it um, or even go out. You can start to implement it, but let's just take small steps here and in, in your growth and learning process. Whether you are a team leader, learn it first before you attempt to teach it. Whether you're individual, start learning it. Uh, within yourself before you attempt to teach it to someone else. But thanks, Matt. And it's for Kavanaugh with a C. Yeah. When you look it up for Club Wealth, make sure you're spelling Kavanaugh with a C. Thank you very much. For that. All right, Matt, your final thoughts. Yeah, I think, Brian and Sheree, what you said. I mean, I for me, it was a journey where I started with myself. And it was just so enlightening. And the the benefits of just understanding myself at a deeper level was so beneficial just in terms of, you know, my overall disposition. So I think, yeah, starting there and then, you know, maybe then moving to the people that are most close to you, spouse, uh, you know, that type of thing. And then in a more safe environment. Um, and then, you know, maybe gradually moving it to your team and then on to sales. So, and I'll say this really quick, Michael, I think starting with yourself helps you understand what your superpower is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's what I think will, will also help with that. But Go ahead, Alexander. Yeah, no, what I was going to suggest is, and, and Matt, I don't know if you're open to this or not. I don't mean to put you on the spot in front of thousands <laughs> of people, but I'm going to. Um, so the. I'll uh, it, so I love it, yeah. Well, we, 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 do a, we do a big event twice a year. We've got our Business Strategy Mastermind Conference in November, which, uh, Tara, maybe you could type the links in or anybody else. Uh, but uh, it's clubwealth.com forward slash BSM is our next upcoming event. Uh, that's this November. And then we've got our Listening Agent Bootcamp in uh, the spring. But uh, I'm just kind of wondering if I, I think there might be some people out there and maybe you guys that are watching, if you want to type this in, would you be interested in hearing Matt teach a class at Business Strategy Mastermind Conference? And Matt, would you even be open to it? It's in Anaheim in November. Uh, yeah. And is that is that something you'd even entertain is maybe coming out and teaching a class on the Enneagram and how we can use it in our in our businesses? I would, I would absolutely love to. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Well, yeah. Go ahead. What are you saying? I was a former teacher, so there's nothing more satisfying me than, than helping people and teaching stuff. So, Well, I think this is a deep enough topic, and I think there's enough people that would, that would appreciate a great class on it. And uh, so maybe we can uh, have you reach out, to, or actually I'll have the team reach out. Uh, Dana Faircloth is, is typing in BSM. Look at all these guys. They're all typing in BSM now. I'm seeing that it uh, looks, looks like there's some interest. If you guys want to have him do this, type in, you know, come speak at BSM or something like that. Type that into your screen, and, uh, and we'll see if we can't put enough peer pressure on Matt to get him to come out and uh, give us a great class on it. So, right. I think he already said yes, but okay. Well, but you got to keep the peer pressure up to make sure that the yes stays yes, because I'm that. What's yes. that? We need 100 yeses, otherwise it's out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what number that, but maybe I'm a 10, right? Instead, of maybe, I'm, maybe I'm the, you know, going to drive so hard that I just drive you nuts. There you go. Well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, Brian, don't, don't even say it, Brian and Sheree. I know exactly what you're going to say. All right. That being said, I really appreciate you being on, Matt. Brian and Sheree, as always, appreciate you guys being our co-hosts. And uh, seriously, you guys, jump on uh, clubwealth.com forward slash Matt Kavanaugh. Get his free download. Take a look at it. Let's learn a little bit more about uh, the Enneagram. And uh, Jeff Moore says, Matt Kavanaugh is awesome. Thanks for your wisdom, man. Uh, so I, I take it you guys must know each other. Jeff's one of our coaches here at Club Wealth. Great guy. And uh, so that being said, we got to jump on our coach's call. Also, please remember to check out our sponsor, Wise Hire, clubwealth.com forward slash Wise Hire. We love those guys. They do great stuff and it's cheap. Like seriously, the ROI on that thing is awesome. So that being said, have an awesome day. And remember, inside each one of you, there's a world-class beast just dying to get out. You got to choose to unleash that beast. So go do something, anything at a world-class level today. Take care. Bye.